3: This is the Games High School's Football Scoreboard Show. Friday
4: night, under the light. Brought to you by QC Kinetics, non-surgical solution for chronic pain. And Mark Spain. Go to MarkSpain.com to get a guaranteed offer on your home today and start packing on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
3: Mill Creek High School band bringing us back into the ten o'clock hour here on the Scoreboard Show, your high school Scoreboard Show, here on Sports Radio ninety nine again. Sam Crenshaw along with Chris Parker, glad you're with us on this Friday night as games continuing to go final and some uh, some things we expect, but also some surprises tonight. You just got a final score on a team that had been undefeated. Yeah, it looks like Warner Robbins is going to beat Ola.
5: Kind of a tough final there. Uh, Warner Robbins scores at the end to beat him. Tough tough go for Ola. But um, still, a great run for them, and able to hang with the five time—that's a team that's been in the state championship game five years in a row. Yeah, uh, Cartersville just scores to go ahead of Calhoun. Calhoun was winning seventeen nothing. Final score, or no, i am sorry, not final score. There's 14 seconds left, 14. but right now, Cartersville 21, Calhoun 17. Okay, so 21 unanswered for Cartersville.
3: Got a score from up uh, up the way up 70 up 75 North. Uh, our Murchie up over Chatuga 27-20, to 20, that is, in, in the fourth quarter. So, we keep an eye on that particular game.
5: How about this game in South in middle Georgia, I guess? Uh, Lee County and Houston County, 28-28. Well, they
3: just started just the second starting half? Just the second half.
5: 28-28. Man, if you like offense, that's a game. You know how you asked me earlier when it's 0-0 zero to zero in the third quarter, what do you say? Yeah. Let's just assume all the opposite of that for the defensive coach when it's 28-28. Starting the third quarter. <laughs> yeah. The yep. defensive coach is thinking, what can we throw at them that they haven't we seen? We did to change
3: know. some things up. Uh, the Bears did. Burke County's a win over Wayne County. Burke 37, Wayne 32. That's a good win. Wayne yeah. County's
5: got a good team. Both teams really good. Uh, Colquitt County wins tonight the final, 56-16 over Lincoln in Florida. Uh, Colquitt moves a 6-0, and 0, and they'll be moving to region play pretty soon.
3: Yep, yep. Uh, Harris County, big win for them. Harris County beats Sandy Creek. Twenty-eight nineteen, so big win man, there, man. Harris County over Sandy Creek, big win for Harris that's County. That's a that's a yo, yep. And you talk about that region and how somebody's, you know, how difficult. And yeah, and how that's
5: difficult. a yo right there, man. That's a big one. Uh, Thomas County Central fifty-two to nothing winners over Veterans. Thomas County Central, Lee County, and Houston County, three of the best teams in six A, all in the same region. Got some big games coming up for Thomas County Central.
3: Indeed, big games indeed. Final score, Coney County 28, Hebron 21. Mm. That is a final. Lumpkin 30, Wesleyan 21 final. Let's check in with Eric Slaughter. He has an update for us here. This is a live sideline report. Sports Radio 9290 Games, Friday night high school scoreboard show. This is Eric Slaughter, and I'm here at North Hall High School at Lynn Cottrell Field between the Battle of the Titans and the Trojans. And we have just begun the third quarter, and it is all North Oconee so far here tonight at North Hall High School. The current score is Titans 31, Trojans 0. It is a sold out packed house here at North Hall High School. No one has left. They are really, really supporting their Trojans, but they're really gonna have to get something going here in the second half if they want to get back into this contest. I'll go back to Sam and Chris. I'll keep you up to date, but from North Hall High School, it's all North Oconee. Once again, your score in the early part of the third quarter is North Oconee 31, North Hall 0. All right, thanks a lot, Eric, for the update there. As so we continue to keep an eye on that particular game. uh Day Day Lewis, let's check in with him over in Roswell. Sports Radio
4: 92.9, the game high school scoreboard show with Sam Crenshaw and Coach Chris Parker. Damian Day lewis live here. Blessed Trinity guys got a fourth quarter update for you, just under eight minutes to go. And now it is Roswell back on top, 22-19 your score. Quarterback K.J. Smith connecting with Sinquan Smith for a touchdown pass. They'd add on a two-point conversion. And again, your score, 22-19, just under eight minutes to go here in the fourth quarter uh, as I predicted, an exciting finish to this one, I believe, is in store, and we will keep you updated, guys. For the High School Scoreboard Show with Sam Crenshaw and Coach Chris Parker, I'm Damian day lewis on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game.
3: Yeah, he always manages to find the excitement, doesn't he? He does, too. <laughs> he sure does. Always uh, manages a to great find the excitement. Great ball game that he's at tonight.
5: Walton ends the third quarter ahead 30-17 to over North In the game we're keeping an eye on final tonight. Marist forty-five to seven winners over Dunwoody.
3: Dunwoody previously undefeated before that game.
5: Yeah, previously unbeaten. Dunwoody goes down tonight. And Johnson in Gainesville, a team that hadn't won a game for I think three or four years coming into this year, wins their second game of the year, twenty to seventeen over Lakeside Decamp.
3: Wow, wow, wow! That is simply big for them to see them get that win. Lassiter gets a win tonight, twenty-four to two. They win. Over Johns Creek. That's the final score there. Alpharetta 48, Sprayberry 23. Final in that particular game.
5: Um, Buford's a winner tonight. 43 to nothing over Collins Hill. Uh, Congratulations to Buford. A six and zero start. Uh, They'll be into their the even toughest part of their schedule. They got Mill Creek coming up. You know. Yeah, Yeah, that's going to be one to watch. Uh, Rome big winners over Woodstock. 59 to seven. Uh, I know you mentioned Lasseter, but I'm going to go back to it because that's. First win they've had all year, big, big win for Lasseter
3: there. Uh,
5: Gainesville beat Lanier 35-0. Final score in that one.
3: Uh, McIntosh is a winner. They beat Hurd County 35-14. McIntosh put in together, pretty good season.
5: Yeah, McIntosh, they got those go- oh, golf carts, right?
3: They do. They That's do. They, they have a separate, golf- park, separate parking lot. I don't know if you have to do if you have to pay extra for that. I'm not sure.
5: Have you been,
2: Garrett? Yeah, I was down to McIntosh earlier this season. One? I had the uh, the week two game down there. I yeah. believe it was then or no, it was maybe week three. It was them in uh, central.
5: You get in a golf cart.
2: I wanted to, they have their own parking lot for golf carts. <laughs> it's incredible. No, so yeah. I was, I was pulling in and I was talking to the, I talked to the, uh, the head coach um, and and I was like, yeah, do you have any uh, suggestions for parking? And he's like, yeah, just get in before the, the, the all these golf carts do. Because they act like they're they're just normal cars. It's it's so normal. They have cu- whole cul de sacs and everything that are made just for the golf carts. Yeah. And yeah. it's so normal down there. But it's anybody yeah. anybody not from I've there heard drives about it, it, I'm, no, no, I'm yeah, not You should yeah, make it make no, a trip down there yeah. to Peachtree, to Peachtree Peach yeah. City and, and they, they you'll see a lot of them. them.
3: You're going to the grocery store or whatever, just take take a golf cart.
2: I bet somebody is sitting in there listening to the Odyssey app, just cruising along in their golf cart. They got some nice. They're pimped out. Real pimped out. I'm pretty intrigued sweet. by this. Yeah, pretty it, sweet. You we
3: know. have to ride down there and check it out. I, I mean, I ride
2: cart, from man. a
5: long way to get here every Friday, and sometimes. How long do you think about, it would
2: take you in a golf cart?
5: Well, about the same time. <laughs> I <mean, to laughs> on Friday, right? <laughs> on <old> Friday, yeah.
3: <laughs> 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 got to tell the Cartersville game has gone final.
5: Yeah, twenty-one to seventeen. Cartersville Bounce back after seven. I'm telling you, these guys never. Lose. They find a way. So That's something. They just find a way. I
3: mean, all the time, we just had just enough time left for them to do that. 17-0. nothing. First half. Yeah. up seventeen nothing.
5: They do it. They just, when you're used to winning, when the culture is designed to win, like it is at Carsville, mm-hmm. you're not going to panic when you're down 17 nothing. It's what you're trying to build at so many other programs right now, where you don't let anything creep into you when you're down 17 nothing. You just try to win the next play, just get a little better. And you look up, and you got 21 points, and they got 17. And you're getting on that bus pretty happy. Because that game was at Calhoun. At
3: Calhoun. At Calhoun this year. So, Cartersville does get the win there tonight. Uh, Eastside over Loganville, 56-14. Eastside's the winner tonight. Jefferson's still undefeated. They take down Winder Barrel, 44-0. Uh, Jefferson, man,
5: they're, they're really good this year. They're really good. Heritage in Catoosa, Heritage and Ringo. Uh, winners tonight over Southeast Whitfield, 49-13. Uh, That's a region game, so those guys are into region play. Um, Crisp County, 38 12 winners over Doherty.
3: Okay, that's down towards south central Georgia. Yeah. Down that way. Okay, we got, you said Gainesville, I think, is gone final. We got uh, Bill Murphy's going to check in with us now from Gainesville Times. Bill, how did things end up up that way?
0: Hey, Sam, will Gainesville finish it up? 35 nothing tonight. Defensive battle, I mean, defensive domination, excuse me. Um, just dominated the line of scrimmage. Those two pick-six in the first half really really sealed the deal. Well, Nuremberg was trying to run the ball against Gainesville, and they just could not make it happen. So Gainesville's a fun, fun bunch to watch with that defensive line. They had a Florida State's coach here yesterday, I believe, and he's recruiting basically that entire unit. So um, if y'all can ever get up here to watch him, it's, it's a good time.
3: Is quite a in quite a setting. Uh, the stadium you have there is, is um, has so much tradition, and it's so remarkable to watch. This is a team that you know magically made it to the state championship game. You know, last year you pretty much feel like this team has the makings of a team that could be back there playing for it again this time around. In fact, I think this team might be just a little bit better this year.
0: Now, with one caveat, you asked me at halftime what they needed to improve on. And as soon as I hung up with you, I was thinking it, it's actually the penalties that they need to clean up on. Yeah. Early in the third quarter, they had to score a touchdown three times before they got it in without getting it called back. So those penalties could really come back to haunt them in the playoffs if they don't clean that up. I'm
5: sure yeah.
3: Coach, Coach Niblett going to work with them on that.
5: Yeah, they'll get on that. The, uh, the I'm sure they're getting told about that as we speak. Or, <laughs> or, but, uh, you know – This is a team that was kind of a Cinderella-ish story last year. I I think people thought they'd have a good team, but I don't know that people thought they would get into the state championship. Yeah. But now that's the expectation,
0: right? Absolutely. Number 99 for Gainesville is fun to watch. He's a junior defensive tackle, Julius Columbus. You're going to be hearing that name a lot on the recruiting trail this coming year.
3: Fantastic. Fantastic. We will watch for him. All right. Well, so what's coming up next for this team?
0: They get another bye week, and then they head up the mountains and Habersham Central on October thirteenth. So, realistically speaking, their last real test of the regular season might be Jackson County on the last night of the regular season. But even that might not even be that close to the game. So, Gainesville's, Gainesville's in the driver's seat for sure in eight six a.m.
3: Oh, the red elephants and are- are uh, large and in charge right now. We thank you for checking in with us. People can read more about it tomorrow. Where, where, where can people read it? GainesvilleTimes dot com. All right. Thanks so much for joining us on this Friday night. Thanks, sir. All right. What do you work on if you're if you're Coach Niblet up there? What what do you do because you got to do something to keep your team sharp? You know, once you hit the postseason, your caliber of competition is going to go up. You there's two there's
5: twofold on that, Sam. And I would love to tell you I've got a ton of experience with that, but I don't. But, you know, I didn't didn't spend a lot of time on those teams. But I know what you do, which is you have to create some kind of competition in practice because it's highly likely that the best opponent you're going to see is on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. Okay. And then you have to preach playing to a standard. So we can't worry about the score. We've got to say, did you win your assignment at the best you can? Were you a little better this week? than you were last week. So you start creating situations where you're holding people accountable for something different than the score. So if you're telling a running back, we're going to only work on carrying out – I'm just going to count how many times you don't carry out a great fake this week. And if you have five plays you don't carry out a great fake, we need three next week, two. You know, get that number down. So you kind of focus on those technique things, those little things about football, and try not to worry about the score, knowing that it is likely you're going to have way more points than the other team. And I think that's what you run into. It's a very tough balance because you really do have to get in a situation in the playoffs. Gainesville will play Thomas County Central, Houston County, Lee mm-hmm. County, uh, Roswell, Rome. These are the other teams in 6A, Langston Hughes. They're going to play some of those teams. Right. And on that night, they must be ready. And that's it's a challenge kind of chasing ghosts when you're, you're not playing that team this week. But you gotta preach that you're playing to that standard. And I'm sitting here watching the TV of Lee County, and I wish I knew this young man's name, but this boy they got running the ball.
3: Yeah. Oh, he's, he's a awesome, problem. Man. He's awesome, He's he?
5: a problem <laughs> if you're Gainesville or anybody else. So y- y- everybody in six A had better watch out for <laughs> games. They better watch out for Gainesville too. Yeah. But they better watch out for these guys from Houston County and Lee County too.
3: Very much, very much we're keeping an eye on that game as it continues to keep an eye on other scores as well. All right, coming up next, if you missed it earlier, we had Randy Curran, one of the legendary players from uh, Brookwood High School, of course, University of Georgia, and one of the newest Georgia High School football uh, Hall of Famers will join us to talk about his school days. You want that? And on the other side of that, we expect to be joined by Jeff Sintel from Dog Nation. Uh, on his way to the Auburn-Georgia game, checking on some high school football. That's coming up at 1045. You stay with us here on this Friday night. It is the Scoreboard Show, your high school scoreboard show, here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and 92.9thegame.com. Call from mom.
0: Answer it. Call silenced.
4: it back back in the days when i was young i'm not a kid anymore but some days i said and wish i was a kid
3: again it's school days on the high school scoreboard show and sam and coach check in with the legend of georgia high school football brought to you by jim ellis automotive where you can always expect the best on sports radio 92.9 the game coaches that time of the show we always love to have and you know it, it's great when we get a chance to spend some time with someone who who played the game experience friday night's and they get a chance to have it at the next level. But it's still nothing like high school time. And that's what this segment, I think, it makes this segment so much fun.
5: Yeah, it's one of my favorite things we do, all, you know, every week. And today we're talking about somebody that played for the Georgia Bulldogs, big deal, yeah. here in this city, in this station, in this state. Uh, played, you know, played at the highest level. Yeah. But we're not going to talk anybody in that. No, 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 no. We're not going to talk about any of that. No. We're going to talk about – where? A Gwinnett? Is it Gwinnett Day, huh? Yeah,
3: I guess. It, you know what? <laughs> I guess so, right? It's Gwinnett Day.
5: We're going to talk about Gwinnett County. We're going to talk about mm-hmm. Brookwood High School. Yeah, And some of those great teams they had. How about that?
3: Yep. And one of the all-time great players, Rennie Curran, joining us now uh, on the Scoreboard Show. Rennie, welcome to the Scoreboard Show. Great to have you.
6: Yes, sir. Glad to be on. How you guys doing?
3: We're doing fantastic. We're talking to you. It's Friday night, and people are enjoying high school football around the area. And so glad we're able to catch up with you to spend some of your, you know, share some of your time as uh, talking high school. When you think of Friday nights now, what are some of the things that instantly come to mind for you?
6: Man, uh, it's it's just special. That's the uh, one word I can think of, man. You're out there with your buddies um, that you grew up with, man. Um, just how important uh, at that time, man, your dreams are um, for – some, you know, you're you're trying to just make it, man. I, I think about how tough my life was at that time. I, you know, I was I was really just trying to establish myself. I had a dream of going to University of Georgia, and it was before any of that, man. Any of the, the you know, Rennie Curran University of Georgia and all that stuff, man. I was just on my grind, trying to earn that scholarship, uh, but at the same time, trying to be a good teammate, you know, and not get caught up in the recruiting hype and the rankings and all those different things and you know, it's just, it's a lot, man, but overall, it's a special time, man, and and you realize it more and more as as the years go by, just how special it is, man.
5: Rennie, what what one moment stands out as your favorite or the most standout moment of your time at Brookwood?
6: Oh, man, it's so many. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, no pressure. (laughs) Yeah, I know, I know, it's hard to find just one, man, because like I said, that was one of the most crucial moments in my life. But one of the moments that stuck out to me the most was when we played Parkview uh, at the time that they had the streak and we, we uh, ended their streak. And that's when uh, Caleb King was uh, playing that running back. He was the number one running back in the nation at that time. So everybody was coming out to see him. And uh, I remember, like, probably the third play of the game coming through the line and, and smacking them, you know, just TFL and just ha- end up having a great game. The uh, Falcons players came out. Like, I remember – Audrey Crumpler uh, was there, I believe, and like work done, and a few guys came out. So it, it was about five, 000, six thousand people, man. It just, you know, just one of those classic games, man, and, and that will always be one of my favorite memories. End up getting a good hit on their quarterback, had we ended up winning, uh, yeah, it was just special. I mean, I could go on and on. So many memories like that, but that was a that was a big time win.
3: Sam, did you know it was going to have Parkview involved with it? Uh, you, you know what I mean? I just had an idea. You just that had maybe, an idea. Maybe. Yeah. We'll, what, what, what is that week like? What is that week like? You know, you, you're Brookwood, and you know those guys are just down the street and around the corner. And, and everybody knows everybody. But what's that week like always leading up to that game?
6: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 you know it's like a Super Bowl at that time. You know, when you're high school, you know, it's uh, going to be best on best. It's going to be uh, at that time the you're playing against, you know, the, the top school, you know, that could potentially be in that state championship running, man. Um, so, you know, uh, every single day preparing for that game man, it's serious, you know, there's just a different era. It's kind of like when uh, Georgia played Florida, you know, it's kind of that same feeling where, uh, you know, leading up to the week, you, you got just all the emotions are running high, you know, on Monday, that's when the game, you start winning the game. It's not, a Friday, you know, Friday game thing. It's, it's psychological. And so um, that whole entire week, man, it's just like you, you're trying to dial in. You're watching an extra film. You're spending a, extra time in the weight room. And, you know, you, before that, that night before, man, the team meetings uh, with your boys, you guys are, are talking about what the game means to you. You're trying to have that kind of come to Jesus moment, <laughs> just building that camaraderie and that commitment towards each other, getting ready for this game, man. So,
3: yeah, it's special. Yeah, for yep. well, spending time talking with Rennie Curran about his school days at Brookwood High School, um, we ask each one when comes when they come on with this segment something they may have learned from their coaches during that time that they've carried with them uh, throughout their right. lives. And is there anything that you think of uh, from one of your coaches that maybe you got during that time that you just kind of hang on to? Oh
6: yeah, I mean, so so many things. You know, I think. Every great coach has different sayings, different mantras that they use, different stories that they tell. And uh, one of the ones I remember from my coach, uh, Mark Cruz at the time, he'd always say, I want you to go a little bit longer than you think you can for a little bit harder than you think you can. And that always stuck with me, man. Just, you know, when you think you've reached your your, uh, limit, when you think you've gotten to that point where your legs are burning, you're tired, just go a little bit harder. You know, just give one more rep. Just Uh, you know, be dialed in for one more play, just be focused just a little bit longer. So for me, that meant fourth quarter, you know, when game's on the line, um, I'm tired, dog tired, I'm almost out of breath, just digging a little bit deep, man, finding that little bit extra, and then making that extra play when everybody needs it, When you know, when everybody needs to be fired up, just stepping up and doing something good that's going to change the tide of the game. And so, yeah, and that sticks to me now, man. In the business world, as an entrepreneur, every morning I wake up, I'm still trying to hunt. I'm still trying to eat. And uh, you know it's something that still motivates me, and something I think about to this day. Because now I got a daughter. You know, she's 14 years old in high school. We actually just turned 15 last weekend. Uh, And so, you know, I gotta, I gotta still find that extra and still uh, provide and and make plays.
5: Awesome, awesome, Rennie. You, you played the University of Georgia. That's what everybody that's a high school player this week that's playing tonight. That's their primary goal at that level, the highest level of college football playing in the NFL, what advice do you have for the guys now? What's something you maybe wish you knew back then about that process or what they should be doing now?
6: Yeah, man. Um, shoot. It's, it's so much advice that I could give them, man. But the main advice uh, that I always try to leave with every single uh, young athlete that I come across, man, is just be a good person. You know, focus on your character. Focus on who you are when you're off the field. And that'll take care of most of the things, man. If you, you treat people right, you work hard when nobody's watching, you know, you, you treat the janitor like the CEO, like all, all those things matter. And it takes you so much further than anything you can do on a field, on a basketball court, or on a track. And that's really, really, um, you know, what I try to communicate to them because getting to Georgia, man, it wasn't just about statistics and how, how well I performed. Yes, that was a big part of it but a large part of getting to Georgia and, and getting into the NFL was my reputation, was what came up after my name was mentioned. And that's, you know, the from my teachers to the trainers to, you know, just the, the places that I hung out at in Athens, uh, all those things, man. I remember sitting in the rooms with the GMs and, and uh, you know, sitting with Coach Rick and, you know, those questions of character coming up and nine times out of ten, they weren't, coming to me they weren't only coming to me and asking for my opinion on me they were going to people that I came across throughout my journey especially in high school and um you know how I treated people man that it really literally paid off and uh so that's my always my number one thing man like don't just be a person who's just good at football don't be somebody who's just an entertainer but be an influencer be a leader you know be somebody who makes a difference on and off the field
3: Yeah, yeah, folks, we're talking with Rennie Curran, who you may not know, Chris, is a great public speaker. And he he, he mentioned early a while ago, speaking to the the janitor and people like that. I know that recently he spoke to the cafeteria workers.
5: Yeah, in in
3: in Gwinnett County, and and what what was that like? I don't know what you always said to the lunchroom lady back when you were in school, but you. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna guess he was friends with the lunch. You know, all the good players are <laughs> friends oh. with the lunch ladies, right?
6: Oh, uh, you already know. You already know. <laughs> to this day, I still talk to a lot of my lunch lady, lunch ladies uh, on Facebook and everything. Man, like I said, that, that was a special time. I'm a kid. I was free and reduced lunch. That was uh, that was me when they talk about that statistic. I was one of them. And uh, my parents, even though we went to Brookwood, and Brookwood is known as being the school that's for the privilege and the rich kids, we were not rich. We were paycheck to paycheck. My dad was a janitor after losing his business. Taxi cab driver almost lost his life. Mom was paying all the bills. So, man, I depended on those lunch ladies, man, and that's why it was so special to me. And I appreciate you, Sam, for connecting me with that opportunity because it, it really meant a lot, man. Like, I, I really hold them dear to my heart, the lunch ladies, the janitors, like all the people who are – you know, just the, the people who were behind the scenes, man, like they, they looked out. When I was Rennie current, like I said, before anybody knew who I was, I was 210, trying to get to 215, <laughs> and I would go through that line, and I would, you know, give them a smile, and they would give me an extra cookie, to yeah. give me an extra sandwich, yeah. you know, yeah. um, and uh, they, they just took care of me, man, and, and I really developed love for them. Long after I was gone from Brookwood, I would still come back, still come back to them, give them a big hug and, and all that, man, and. If any of them are listening right now, I love you guys. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah it's, 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 it's,
5: it's, I've enjoyed following Rennie. I follow him on social media, Rennie at RennieCurran53 on uh, whatever it is called now, Twitter X, whatever. But you can go, he's the CEO of Game Changer Coaching, com. If, if you want Rennie to speak, you need to look into that. But I want to say this, Sam. We, we got a Hall of Famer.
3: Yes, we do. Yes, so we th- This is something we're involved with. Yes, we're both on the board for the high school football. Now, we're not Hall of Famers. We're not, no. But I'm saying (laughs) the man we're talking to is. It allows us to help select you. You are in the the incoming class of the Georgia High School Football Hall of Fame. Congratulations on that. And how does it feel to uh, to earn that?
6: Man, it is crazy. Like I said, I, I came from, I remember the first time I went to my first picture day I was playing football, and I showed up with some church shoes. You know, it's just <laughs> like going from that man, not knowing anything about football, with parents who, you know, from Liberia, knew nothing absolutely about football. Man, uh, to go from that, you know, I, I, I just think about all the memories, the coaches who gave me rides every single time. You know, just just uh, my first helmet. You know, to go from that to now, hearing your name mentioned in any Hall of Fame is just crazy. It's, it's super humbling. And I just thank God, honestly, man, for all the people who've been along the journey, because that's really what it's about. You know, this is a testament to all the coaches, all my teammates, um, all the people, even even like you, Sam, that interviewed me and, and um, wrote stories about me Will from Will Hemmick, you know, to uh, Chad at Rivals. Mm-hmm. You know, just, I mean, so many people to thank. Uh, that's what I think of when I think of, you know, my name being mentioned in the Hall of Fame. It's a reflection of that dedication and, and the unity and, teamwork and everything that's good about uh, our sport, man. I'll
5: tell you what stands out to me, Sam and yeah. Rennie. You're talking about 1% of the 1% that ever played linebacker in Georgia. There's not many people in the Georgia High School Football Hall of Fame. And yeah. that is really, really, really an elite group. You're talking about everybody that's ever played mm-hmm. on yeah. all 400 and something teams. I mean, that's pretty cool. And so congratulations, Rennie, on that accomplishment, man. Fantastic. Really excited to see what you're doing now you know, with you with Thank your you. business
3: too. Really impressive. Fantastic stuff. Fantastic stuff. All right. And before I let you go, what happens now at Auburn tomorrow? Yes, What's gonna happen now at Auburn tomorrow?
6: Oh man, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one. Of course we gotta go in there and it's gotta be number business. We can't go in there, put the ball on the ground, give these guys confidence. So I believe we can go in there and take care of business, you know, from the jump. Uh, get car you know get Carson some some good confidence building plays and and um you know he doesn't do any turnovers defense goes in there shuts things down get off the field you know don't don't give him any extended plays we're gonna have a solid day tomorrow it should be I'm I'm assuming forty one to, to ten at least uh type of score. At least yeah. see, see
5: listen this the, I'm I'm indifferent yeah. on you know I love the University of Georgia from living here but this is a week, Sam and Rennie where I am a dog.
3: See, so he would say that because this guy went to Alabama. Don't, don't, don't let him about, fool you, Rennie. Put it on him. <laughs> <me>, Rennie. <laughs> He's the Alabama guy. Yeah. R- Rennie, thanks so much for spending some time with us and sharing your school days. And once again, congratulations on the High School Hall of Fame. Now we look forward to seeing you on on the, on the induction night. Thanks, Rennie.
6: Thank you all. Thank you I appreciate it. Go dogs.
3: All right. All right. Rennie Curran spending time talking about his school days and and those lunchroom, those lunchroom ladies are, those are important people. I knew that one,
5: didn't I? I'm telling you, the good, yeah, you the good players always got great relationships in the cafeteria. <laughs> I mean, the ladies love them. You know, they use a charm in any way. Yeah, and they yeah. know they can use that charm to get a little extra biscuit. Yeah. You know, in the morning, maybe in the afternoon, a little extra, you know,
3: fish sticks. or Yeah, yeah. Something, yeah. hey. Piece of boat. That, that, that matters. That matters. I really knew how to do it. I may have done that too. But may have. Personal <laughs> experience. <laughs> Always great. All right, headed for the top of the hour, folks. i to have more updates from games that are going on. A lot of games have gone. We're going to have updates from that and more. You stay with us on this Friday night. It's the Scoreboard Show, your high school scoreboard show here on Sports Radio 1990 Game and 1990Game.com. $9 <laughs>
4: Keeping it local.
3: This is the High School Football Scoreboard Show. Brought
4: to you by QC Kinetics, non surgical solution for chronic pain, and Mark Spain. Go to marksbane.com to get a guaranteed offer on your home today and start packing. On Sports Radio 929 The Game.
3: Southwest Cap High School Band bringing us back on the scoreboard show on this Friday night. Sam Crenshaw along with Chris Barker. Got Garrett Chapman, other side of the glass. A lot of games are going final, and a lot of guests we're going to check in with here. Some uh, victorious coaches uh, on this Friday night. And some final updates. We got an update here from Day Day Lewis, who has spent the evening in Roswell. This is a live sideline report.
4: Sports Radio 92.9, the game high school scoreboard show with Sam Crenshaw and Coach Chris Parker. Guys, we've gone final 29-19, Roswell Hornets pick up the win. Coach, uh, we talked earlier this week, we said it'd be a dogfight, uh, and you guys pulled it out.
7: Yeah, like I just said, with the, the, with our guys, I mean, I'm so proud of the way they fought toward the end there, um, you know, being down in the third quarter. Um, we needed that. We needed to be pushed, and we needed to be tested, and um, Blessed Trinity did an outstanding job. They're, they're a good team. They're a good program. Um, and it was a good test for our guys to push ourselves. Um, you know, a lot of the times, um, especially when you get high school students, they get complacent. So it's good to be pushed every now and then. It's good to be pushed and tested and battle tested. And um, our team is going to continue to grow. And this is just a part of the story for this year. Um, if we're going to play our 15 games like we want to, this is a part of the story. It's just one game, and we got to grow and we got to learn from
4: it. All right. Obviously, I know you got to get in the field room. But what comes to mind right away as far as things you saw that tonight that you want to clean up?
7: Uh, I think we just got to get out of our own way sometimes. You know, we're, we're, in, we're in second and 20, third and 20, third and 30. Uh, we give up a – we get a personal foul on a third and 30 on defense. You know, it's just little stuff that, um, as a coach, you harp on, you harp on, you harp on. And it takes moments like this in games where you got to learn, and you got to learn the hard way sometimes. And that's where we, I think we're going to grow. Just continuing to get better and better, and be better at little details, because that's what's going to make the difference, especially when we get to the end of the year, um, when we're trying to win that 15th game, like our goal is. Um, we got to be perfect almost on every aspect. All
4: right. And what did you think? What did you think? How did you think Dad did with his play calling tonight? i um, good. <laughs> All right, Coach. Congratulations. Good luck down the stretch.
3: Appreciate it. Thank you.
4: All right, Sam, Chris, back to you guys. Awesome. All right, thanks a lot.
3: Thanks a lot, Dave, for that update there, talking with Coach Chris Pruitt after the game. Uh, the win over Blessed Trinity. As you look at their region, that's like you said, it's a big game because they got Lasseter and then Pope coming up next.
5: Yeah, you got to feel like Blessed Trinity probably had the best team they were going to face over the next two weeks. It doesn't mean they're going to win every game. It means going into the game, Blessed Trinity had the most talented team. So, now Roswell enters into that Gainesville-like territory where they probably will be favored to win the rest of these games. Can they one win the game, but two get better, keep getting better, so they're prepared for? We're talking a lot about 6A tonight. But you got Gainesville, you got Roswell, you got Thomas County Central, Langston Hughes, and then these two we're watching on TV here, Houston County and Lee County, who are 35-35
3: in the fourth quarter. What a, what a track meet! Well, just a, a football game started and a track meet broke out.
5: Yeah, Houston County got the ball down the field now. Um, this is a great football game with two excellent, excellent football teams.
3: Well, that's down in, in middle Georgia, but way down further south Georgia. Uh is what Jeff Sintel was tonight. Jeff Sintel from Dog Nation joins us each week at this time. Uh, taking a look at some of the future Georgia Bulldogs as they play on his way over to Auburn. Uh, for the um, you know the oldest uh, the oldest rivalry Deep South's oldest rivalry tomorrow. Jeff, welcome back to the
8: Scoreboard Show. Hey guys, man, that, you got me captivated on the hold. I'm like listening to the cute kid with Coach Pruitt, Blessed Trinity. No, let me let me tell you something. I went out to Blessed Trinity to see David Jacobs this week. David Jacobs' his son. Yeah. Get this, guys. Get this. I don't know how he did this with his sweet wife, but David Jacobs got his wife Desiree to name to name their son. Maximus. The middle name is Maximus. Maximus. David, Max. You know from Gladiator. Yeah. Yeah, man. You know Maximus. Like how many? Like Ray Lewis lived that movie around 2000 <laughs> when it came out. How many people would have loved to name their kid a football player? Maximus. David Maximus Jacobs because he didn't want him to be a junior because he wanted him to stand in his own shadow. But like, man, that guy needs to. That guy needs to sell stuff or work for the UN if you can convince <laughs> your wife to name your son Maximus. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah, I don't think I could have done that one. Yeah, no, I don't think I'd no, have had that. No. I don't have that kind of influence.
8: <laughs> Jeff, and, wait, then you talked to, and then you guys were jumping jumping into Lee County and Warner Robbins, I'm, like, captivated because that one, you know, Uzmani, they call him ooze like moose down there, in, down there in Leesburg, man. And he's putting on a show. I think he was bonkers in the first half with three touchdowns. I'm trying yep. to follow it on social media. I'm down here, fellas, in South Georgia. And literally, I know I'm in South Georgia when I put my gear down, and I look back next to me, and there are four frogs jump out of the way Whoa. on a football field. <laughs> 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 that's, that's when you know, man. And like um, it was a, I was here, I was down here to see Zayden Walker, number one linebacker in the country for the 2025 class, and he was great. I mean, this game was 49 to seven at the half, Rolling Clock City. Not much more to say about that, that but except. The number one linebacker in the country had a running touchdown, and he also caught a 50-yard kind of wheel route up the home sideline for a touchdown. And when the number one linebacker in the country is doing that stuff on offense, you know things are going pretty going pretty good. For Slade County, everybody get it right. Slade County, Shlay. everybody messes that up.
5: Okay. Slade County. We get it right. We get that right with Coach Alford. I got a question. Because <laughs> yes, sir. as you look at this stuff, Jeff, okay, Slade County, single A, they got – You know, 450 kids in the whole school, 400, something like that. You know, they're playing everybody both ways, a single A. But they got the number one linebacker in the country. And then Buford sometimes has the number one linebacker in the country or maybe Mill Creek or maybe whoever that's got 4,000 kids. As you look at these people, how do you differentiate between the two very different levels of football when you're looking at who's better than who?
8: That's a great question. One of the things I try to do is I try to, like, here's what I do when I watch linebackers, because linebackers are, you know, the number one rated linebackers are all really fast. So sooner or later, some smart football coach down in Georgia was going to go, you know what, I know he's fast, I know he's pretty, I know he's the number one in the nation. I'm going to stop running sideline to sideline, and I'm going to just run right at him and make him quit or make him decide, make him show me who he is. And you see a lot of that. I mean, I see Zayden, man. And it's just, it's just really you look at him and forget about the eyeball test. I mean, the guy's a walking muscle. He, mm-hmm. he can throw, he, Coach Alford told me tonight, I was like, what's the most athletic thing you've seen Zayden Walker do? And I couldn't wait for it because he's a good storyteller, and I knew he had a doozy. And he says, well, he we can chuck the football, that's 70 yards. He said, we should probably throw it more with him. And then he's catching, wing, he's catching wheel routes. And I'm, I'm telling you, Chattahoochee County did not want any of Slade. Forget about the score. But that quarterback was on like a two-second clock. Somehow Zayden Walker had four, four quarterback hurries tonight when really he's getting the ball and getting rid of it in about two seconds, and he still got, he still got to him. I mean, the, the real way to look at it is you, you've got to see, like, does he run? Does he cover ground? I always look for guys that it's the type of stride they have. Can they cover five yards in one, one stride, one-and-a-half strides, how well they cover ground? I mean, Zayden just moves so effortlessly. He's just, He threw a shot put, I think, 48, 49 feet. And when you start doing stuff like that, guys, Trayvon Walker, f- f- future number one pick out of Georgia when he was in high school, he's like 6'5", And he's only throwing the shot like 48, 49 feet at a state championship. So when you see linebackers doing that, mm-hmm. you kind of add all that up together with, like, great film. Like, he's got these one-handed right. tackles, which looks like a Mortal Kombat video game where he goes, like, get over here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he, he's a guy that you just watch him. Because, I, listen, I had to come see him because number, he's number one in the country. He's going to be back at Georgia next week. He's already taken two trips to Georgia this year. It was convenient for me on the way to Auburn for tomorrow. But you walk away from that thing thinking, man, you know, I'm glad to see a kid from South Georgia getting that respect. Because yeah. it takes a lot. I've always said, like, a lot of these kids that are, like, four, high four-stars or mid-four-stars in Atlanta, If they were growing up in Putnam County or Wrightsville or even Portal or somewhere like that, they wouldn't be a mid-four-star, or high-four-star. They'd be a three-star because nobody sees them like everybody sees the boys around Atlanta. So when you see a kid coming out of Ellaville, when they tell me in Ellaville there's really nothing good to eat in Ellaville, you should just bring something. (laughs) One of the the things that I like going on the road is I like meeting somebody and I say, hey, coach, where do I need to go to eat after this? give me a good meet and three. And he's like, man, you got the wrong county. You need to keep driving. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, to my
5: point there, if Travis Hunter or Caleb Downs played in Gwinnett County, if they play at a single-A school, it is a totally different career for them. They're the
3: same player. Well, these guys go on both sides of the ball. That's now so, I mean, you're talking so about two just, guys to do both sides of the ball. It just is an
5: interesting concept for me. I thought Jeff did a great job answering it. I just – how, how you guys are able to kind of see them for what they will be When it's all equal later, you know, later
8: it's going to all be equal, right? And the the best way I can answer that with a firm, hard, fast detail is really what you do is you have to get that player seen. Even if, you know, I I talk to writers that cover Texas and they're like, they got these guys that like dominate like six touchdown nights in single A, double A, Texas football. And they try to figure out how do you project that? Well, what happens in the recruiting industry is there's so many camps. There's so many seven-on-sevens where you can see great on great. And you can see that kid from small Townsville, South Mm -hmm. Georgia, go up against that kid from Buford. And if you get a stalemate or the kid from South Georgia even balls out a little bit more than the highly rated guy from Metro Atlanta, that's better. And here's one thing I've also always found. South Georgia kids, and I even say anything South of Macon in South Georgia, they look at Metro Atlanta kids like they have every advantage in the world. So anytime they can compete, and they probably do, but anytime they can compete against a Metro Atlanta kid, they want to get after it because simply because they're like, hey, you got what we want. Nobody respects us down there, so we've got to earn it.
3: You know what, Jeff? This goes back to a conversation we've had with some guys we've had on for the school day segment. And by the way, we had Randy Curran on tonight just talking about his days at Brookwood. We've had guys on like Chuck Smith, who back in the day, you had a North Georgia champion and a South Georgia champion. So yeah. you didn't see certain guys unless you got to the state championship game. It's different now, not only with the scheduling is different, but also the camps, the seven-on-sevens, the things that happened during the offseason. They get a chance to get on the field with the guys from the northern half of the state and from the metro Atlanta area. And I think that's something that they raise their level, obviously. I think a lot of coaches down there use it as a motivational tool.
8: They do. I used to love it. The game's lost some luster in the last five or six years, but – I remember Kirby's first year at Georgia, the Rising Seniors game was off the chain. And you had, like, it was funny. Like, Richard LeCount just took over that thing. He had just committed to Kirby's first, first Georgia team. He was the first five-star to commit to Georgia. And he's literally, he's literally walking around the, around the complex when everybody's checking in. And he's going, you're going to be a dog, dog. I already know you're a dog, dog, dog. It's like <laughs> He was recruiting for Kirby already. And some of these kids were not going to commit for, like, three months. But Richie's, like, sitting there handing out the homework. He's like, he's, like, giving you the backstage pass. And, like, I'll never forget. He, he just wanted to compete so bad, fellas. Like, there was one play where, like, this is like a Thursday fit him up, thud him up, drill or whatever. And somebody knocks his teeth out coming up because Richie flew up to the ball on maybe, like, a quick screen or quick stop. He flew up to the ball. And he got got rattled a little bit. He made the play, but then, like, he's, like, jerking around in his mouth. And he literally spits a tooth out into his hand, and he throws it to a coach on the sideline and said, here, I'm not coming out. And this is rising seniors practice. But that's the South Georgia kid in a nutshell that you'd love to see. Mm
3: -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you're getting an up-close look tonight. Uh, On your way to – to, to Auburn, I guess it's a nice little stop. How, how, how much of a drive do you have
8: the rest of the way? Uh, so only, I actually got in a hotel right, right, right outside Columbus, so that's only like maybe 30, 45 minutes. I think the whole free world coming up from Georgia is going to meet or stop at the Bucky's in Opelika. So that's going to be a that's going to be yeah. a crowd scene right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they got a new
5: one right there. Yeah, yeah.
8: in Opelika, Auburn area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I keep up
5: with the Bucky's. I know where they are. I know
8: <laughs> Jeff does too. Yeah, Chris, what's your favorite thing? You got to see, like, some friends of mine in my neighborhood. They play. We play Bucky's Bingo, and what it is, if you sit there and you go into Bucky's and you're like, okay, have you ever? Looked at the artwork in the bathroom. Have you ever taken a free sample? Have you ever admired the carving station? Have you
2: ever bought?
8: You know, like you sit there and you go, and everybody's like, guilty, guilty, guilty. You ever had some cashews? You yeah. ever had some Beaver Nuggets? So I mean, I, like it's.
5: A, I think I'm hitting all those bingo <laughs> chips. I think, I think I'm gonna be hard to beat in that game. Uh, but I, uh, the brisket sandwich is the
3: move, you know. But you get, you get you get there enough, you expand on the other things. Oh yeah, too, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That is clean. Clean restrooms and lower gas prices. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> that's about the game tomorrow. How's it going to be? First road game for the dogs.
8: i tell you what. I think what's interesting, have you guys heard about the orange out that Auburn's going to do? Yeah. So I think they're going to wear orange pants, orange jersey. They can even switch up their face masks to orange as well. Yikes. And that's going to look like the cream sickles. Oh. I just think the dogs have so much talent. I think the first four games, I've kind of looked at Georgia's schedule as like the preseason or like a long type runway for them to really find their best football. The dogs are really walking wounded. Like, I think they've got two scholarship running backs healthy. And though, even though the SEC expanded this rule now, where you can bring 74 instead of 70 on your travel squad, I think the dogs are going to need a lot of them. But, like, just wait till like, those transfer receivers get rolling. People forget Carson Beck is only in his fourth start. Now it's his fifth start tomorrow as an SEC quarterback. And everybody tries to compare Carson to Stetson 2022 or Stetson 2021. I think that's unfair for the young man. you got to compare him to what Stetson looked like his first year starting in 2020. You can believe that. And Carson's numbers look great. He takes care of the football. Georgia's defense is the defense. And I think the line – for those sports entertainment folks out there, I think the line is somewhere around 17, 18 points. I think the dogs will cover that.
5: Yep. All right. As a native Alabama guy, I can tell you, Sam, I watched Auburn play Texanium. They can put on orange mile pieces, they can put on orange everything. It's not going to help that blocking and tackling yeah, that they're yeah. going to have to do to the Bulldogs. Well, a lot of
3: orange, man. It blinds the eyes and numbs the senses. Uh Jeff, thanks so much for spending some time with us on this Friday night. Always great hearing from you. And, folks, he is social. You are going always find him uh, at Jeff's Intel. He's keeping up with all the recruits uh, that's coming up at the University of Georgia. as all the latest for you if you follow him there. Jeff, thanks so much for checking in with us tonight.
8: Love you, fellas. Have a great night.
3: All right. Be safe. There you go. Uh, He's going over to to Auburn for the big game coming up tomorrow. We're headed for the 11 o'clock hour. More interviews. We're going to wrap up another game. Do Eric Slaughter going to check in with us. More scores, more highlights, more interviews on this Friday night. You stay with us. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and 92.9 The Game.com.